I'm Sam Mays, and today we're at Trey's Bar and Grill in Tulsa, or it's at Bigsby. It's Tulsa, Okay, Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we're with former Sooner great Dominique Franks. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, sir. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for your time. We have a mutual friend in Travis Davison who's going to join us here in a little bit, uh, talk a little bit about what he's got going on. But uh, he got us set up here, and uh, one, the location is incredible, and two, uh, you've got a lot going on, man. Like, you've done a ton in your career over the years. Yeah, I've been blessed. Uh, yeah, been we, you know, we, we kind of chatted just a little bit before we got started here. But, you know, so it's uh, you moved to Owasso, right? Yes, sir. Okay. In end eighth up, grade. Eighth grade. End up at Union. Yes, sir. Moving Union, what? Sophomore, sophomore year Christmas break. Okay. Sophomore year Christmas break. And then you end up in Oklahoma sooner. Yes, sir. Playing for Bob Stoops, playing for Brent Venables. Yes, sir. And uh, had a pretty exceptional career there. You end up in the NFL. Give me a little background on that. I got drafted to the Atlanta Falcons in 2010. So I played four years in Atlanta, and then I played one year in Baltimore. Okay, okay. That's the last time I remember you was with the Ravens. Okay, and then you just retired. Mm-hmm. And then you became a professional basketball player. Yeah, that was always – Basketball was always my first love. Crazy story. Yeah, so really to give you a little background to that. So when I moved to Owasso, coming from Oklahoma City, the, the state, when I grew up, the state was divided, Oklahoma City, Tulsa. Well, Oklahoma City was all basketball. Okay. Tulsa was the football powerhouses. Oklahoma City had the basketball powerhouses. So growing up in Oklahoma City, I didn't really play football. My mother made me stop Made me quit football when I was eight, nine years old. I was allergic to grass. And when I used to, you know, fall on the ground, my body used to break out in white bumps. Oh, wow. So she had to rub cream on me, so she made me quit. So we moved to Owasso, and I remember this because this is how it all started. We go meet with the counselor to talk about my um, my classes. Yeah. And then she was like, so what, what position do you play? I mean, uh, she was like, what sports do you play? And I was like, basketball. And she was like, okay. Well, she was like, well, if you play basketball, you have to lift weights during football season with the basketball team. And I was like, well, I don't want to lift weights. I'm in the eighth grade. I'm thinking it's going to stunt my growth. Absolutely. So I'm like, I don't want to lift weights. So she was like, well, if you don't want to lift weights, you got to run cross country. And I had to look at, I literally, I looked at my mother and I was like, what's cross country? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, she was like, she was like, trust me, you don't want to do that. You don't want any part so, of that. Yeah. So my mother, still to this day, she ran the 100 hurdles. She still has her state record for the 100 hurdles. So she was big in track, whole family big in track, never got me into it. So she was like, trust me, you ain't going to want to do it. You don't even run track. You're not going to want to run cross country. So I look at the lady, so I'm like, what else can I do? She was like, well, you can play football. And I was like, can I be like the water boy? Right. I don't want to play football. I just don't. I want to get out of lifting weights. So she tells me I have to go to this uh, this one-day camp to meet the coaches and all the kids. So I was the only black kid out there. So my head coach, my eighth-grade head coach, his name was Steve Cantrell. Owe him everything. He pulls me to the side, and he's like, hey, like, what position are you going to play? I'm like, I really don't want to play. Like, I'm just here so I don't have to lift weights or run across country. 
he was like, I see you in no movie, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, yeah, it ain't really hard to tell. Right. He was like, I'm going to put you, he was like, I'm going to put you at running back. Okay. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to play running back. Like, I don't want pe- I don't want people hitting me like that. So I was like, if anything, let me play receiver. He was like, no, I'm going to put you at running back. He's like, you're going to do great. And I'm like, you got to promise me one thing. He was like, okay, Dominique, what I need to promise you. I said, if I mess up, you can't yell at me. Because I never did this before. Like, you want me to do this. So you can't be mad at me if I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. He was like, trust me, when I give you the ball, just go score. So I was like, it can't be this easy. First game we played against Stillwater, had five, 500 yards rushing, had seven touchdowns. What? So, so every game, every game like was like that my eighth grade, my eighth grade year. So this was 01 in Owasso. So – the 01 Owasso football team couldn't sell out our our stadium, the high school stadium. Right. My games got so big in the eighth grade, they Stop. moved. We played at the we played at the A Tour field. I, I think now it's like the sixth or seventh grade center. They moved our middle school eighth grade games to the high school. And we were selling out the high school stadium on Tuesday. So then every game was like that. Great eighth grade year. So once basketball came over, our head coach was named Ron Smith. Okay. He came to every one of my basketball games and stopped me at the door from walking into the gym and like, you're going to be my starting running back on varsity. So I'm still in the whole mindset of, like, I don't want to play football. Like, I just want to play basketball. So I'm like, okay, I hear you. So I'm not really paying any attention to it. Summertime rolls around going into my freshman year. He pulls me up. We go to we go to uh, Tulsa team camp. That used to be the big thing in the summers for Union Jinx, Broken Arrow. Also, you go to Tulsa team football camp. So my first first day, we run at forties. Um, coach Wells, they used to coach at Texas Tech last year. Yes, pulls me to the side. He offers me he offers me my first D one scholarship. Going into my freshman year of high school, Tulsa was my very first offer. That's haven't, incredible. Haven't played a down of haven't played a down of high school football yet. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Didn't at that age I didn't understand how big of a deal that was because right. I didn't know anything really about recruiting. So tell tell me tell me how that process went. Was this this was a let me grab his mom and just out there in the open? Like what did that we're 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 literally all the kids were testing. I mean, he just pulls me to the side and he like, Hey, I didn't we didn't heard a lot about you. Just want to tell you right now, we're offering you a scholarship to right. come play at Tulsa University. So I'm just like, okay, cool. I didn't know what a scholarship was. I didn't right. none of that. I was just happy because he pulled me to the side with all of those kids there. So my freshman year, we play against Stillwater again. We go to Stillwater. I only play like five plays. So I go in. Uh, this is Monday going into our going into the Sepulpa week, the second week. And I'm like, Coach Smith, like, if you wasn't going to play me on varsity, why not leave me on freshman or let me play JV? So I didn't play JV or freshman that first week. Right. So I'm like, if you're not going to play me on Friday, like, what was the point of you pulling me up? So he's like, hey, we got, a special, we got a special plan for you. So this was when Cox used to air the games live right. on TV. So we play against the Pulper. I didn't do any punt return or kick return the very first week or the second week. I'm on kickoff and punt return. So we go out there, we win the toss, we elect to receive. My very first touch, running back for a touchdown. 
So we kick. So now it's seven zero. We kick the ball off, and our defense go three and out. So now they punt it to me. Return no, it back. No, stop. Return the punt return. So my my, our, my first two touches of high school football, I scored touchdowns. So now it's fourteen zero. We kick the ball off. They drive and kick a field goal. Fourteen three. So they kick the ball off. It goes out of bounds. My very first touch on offense. We Stop. run a counter. Touchdown. So that was my introduction <laughs> to high school football. Unbelievable. But now it's on Cox and it's live. Right. So it just blew up. So I just kind of rolled the wave of playing football because nobody was like, there's no way you can do anything else but play football. So even my buddies, I played for a team called Athletes First which now in the summer, AAU basketball, which now is Team Griffin. Okay. So I played with Blake Griffin, Taylor Griffin, Xavier Henry, Epe Udo, Obi Bunch Manello, of NBA players. Bunch of NBA players. So, when I, so, so my freshman year of football, they're reading the paper, and they're hearing about somebody in Owasso named Dom Franks. And they're so not putting two and two together. They're not putting two and two together because in the city everybody called me Neek. They never called me Dom. So, they was like, so my first day of practice with Athletes First, OB and Epe come up to me, and they like, hey, like, who is that dude that go to a Wassel name? Dom Franks that has your name, but he killing in football. And I'm like, man, that's me. And they like, wait, you play football? And so, that whole, like, football, that's how it came about. But I always wanted to play the game of basketball. basketball because that's what I grew up doing, and that was my – Passion. First love, so unbelievable. When when Baltimore, when Baltimore, when I got released from Baltimore, I was actually supposed to go to Detroit, and I was kind of like, you know, like Atlanta kind of ruined my whole football mindset because it was too political. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't about who was the best person, who was the best person I was playing. It was just whoever made the most money, they have to pay. I'm not playing them to sit the bench, no matter if the guy behind them is better. So Who that, was a starter there in Atlanta? It was uh, Donta Robinson, and it was uh, Brent Grimes. That's right. And then, so, basically, when I was in Atlanta, my four years in Atlanta was crazy. So, I have people tell me now, like, if I, if I played in a different organization in Atlanta, I would have had probably like a $60, $70 million deal. Mm-hmm. So, my second year, Brent Grimes, so we play against Cincinnati. The guy that's in front of me at nickel, he was getting killed. So we go into Minnesota. We about to play against Adrian Peterson. And my coach, we had practice Wednesday, and my coach is like, hey, one nickel is out. So I don't run out there. My, def- my defensive coordinator is cussing me out on the field. So I'm like, like why are you cussing me out? He like, you supposed to be my star nickel. I'm like, well, did nobody tell me that? Right. So I'm looking at my DB coach. He looking like, so I'm like, why wouldn't you tell me? Right. <laughs> like we like this is Wednesday. We play on Sunday. You meetings, nothing. Had three meetings before practice. Didn't tell me a thing. So I'm like, wait, like why wouldn't you? I'm like, whatever. So I ran out there. The very so back then it was more two receivers. It was a lot of base. Mm-hmm. So we go out there the very first play of defense. Brent Grimes tears his Achilles. So I was starting at nickel, but he tears his Achilles the very first play. We was in base. So my coach, my DB coach, come up to me and say, "Hey, when we in base, you gotta go play. You, you're, you're now my starting left corner. Now, 
when we go sub, you're going to bump inside and play nickel. So the guy who was in front of me the week before, when we went sub, he played the left, left corner, corner spot. So I played, I start the next, I want to say like 10, 11 games. We go to the playoffs, we lose to uh, the Giants. My third year, Thomas Deku and William Moore get hurt. My two starting safeties. So let me so rewind it back. When when we went to OTAs going into my third year, the guy that I took his spot at nickel, they put him back over me because he made more money than me. That's insane. But I play. So we're sitting just like how me and you sitting. Mm. He looks over at me. He was like, man, that's BS. You should still be starting. Because he was like, you bald. He was like, you should be the starter. But it was all about money. So then my third year come, my two starting safeties get hurt. Well, I knew I knew all four positions in the back end, all five positions in the back end. Dominic, you my new starting safety. So I graded out. I play. I started nine, ten games at safety. I graded out no lower than a ninety-five every game. That's incredible. Come my fourth year. So I, so my second year, my my first year, I didn't play. I played three plays against Arizona. I had a tackle for a loss, a PBU, and then a pick. That was the first, second, and third down. So I didn't. That, that was the only three plays I played my rookie year. My second year, I started at nickel corner. My third year, I started at safety. The draft come around, we draft um, Desmond Trufant from Washington. Mm-hmm. And then we drafted set, first round. Then second round, we drafted uh, Robert Alford. Second round, he was from like southeast Louisiana, but he ran 4-3 at the combine. So my fourth year come in, I played zero snaps in my fourth year. Okay, let me just recap here. So you're telling me in your first game as an eighth grader, you had a 500-yard, seven-touchdown performance. The first time that you played in high school, you had a punt return, a kick return, and your first handoff was a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And then your first three snaps in the secondary in the NFL was a tackle for loss, a pass breakup, and a pick. A pick on Larry Fitzgerald. Who are you? (laughs) What? Kind of crazy ass story is that? Like, if someone told me that, just walk, I'd be like, "You are damn lie." Yeah. There's no way that's how somebody's whole career sets off in the beginning. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay, so you leave, you leave Atlanta, which I can't believe they let you leave Atlanta. And it because it was it was all about. So, what I try to what I try to tell people now is is you have to look at it as some owners can get in the way of their team's process. So if you look at Coach Belichick, you look at Coach Tomlin, you look at Coach Harbaugh from Baltimore. Those guys have control of the people who play. But when I was in Atlanta, my owner didn't come to one practice. Right. But he dictated who played because it was all about money. It was just like if you if you if you take if you take a step back and think about someone owning a business where you're not gonna pay somebody twenty dollars an hour or whatever. And then pay somebody $5 an hour, but let the person that makes 20 an hour not come to work, but, let the, but you still pay them that money, even though they don't come to work, and make the $5 person work more than the $20 person. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So now, it don't matter who's a better worker, I'm paying that person that money, they have to be out there. But the $5 worker could be a much better worker, right. but just because that person was there before you, well, now they just get all the hours. So that's how Atlanta was ran 
was just who make the most money, they have to be out there. It wasn't really an open competition. Now when I went to Baltimore, Baltimore blew my mind. So we, you have three, three practice fields in the NFL. So, and you would know, you know, normally when you're in training camp, ones go against ones, twos go against right. the twos. Well, at Baltimore, it was crazy because it would be one offense versus the four defense. Because now you're trying to see the four string, how good they really are. Oh, wow. Because now when you go the four string versus four string, you might be like, uh, yeah, they made a play. But he wouldn't make that play guarding Steve Smith or going against Flacco. Wow. Well, now let's see what you can really do for four-string defense. Now get out there with the number one offense. That whole your weakest link thing. Now we can really see how good you are. So that was more of a – it don't matter who get paid the most. Everybody wants to have a, a, a free opportunity to be able to maximize every day of practice to see what you can really do. And you kind of see that with Baltimore when somebody gets hurt somebody able just to slide right in and they don't miss a beat because that's how they practice. You're used to going against the ones. You're not cold and like, man, I'm four string. Then all of a sudden, boom, I'm a starter in the NFL right. game. And now somebody with real hands is being put on you. Right. That's crazy. So that sort of my Baltimore experience was totally different in Atlanta, just how the organization part was ran. So you, okay, so you leave Baltimore healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never been injured ne- my never- whole life. Never rolled an ankle, nothing. That's incredible. <laughs> nothing. Okay, so you're, you're healthy. You're supposed to go to Detroit, and you just say, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And you stepped away from the game of football. Mm-hmm. So my agent, my agent called me and was like, hey, Detroit want to sign you. They're about to go to the playoffs. They want to sign you just for the playoffs. And I'm just like, eh, yeah, I don't want to do it. So I'm sitting at home, and me, my mother – and my aunties are are super close. Like we we together every day. We watch. I make them why they watch football all day, sports all day long. So we sitting there, and my aunt just go, "Man, I miss you playing basketball." And I was thinking, I was like, "Man, me too." So something just something just clicked and was like, "Hey, text Epe," and ask Epe, "Hey, what is the best avenues for me to take?" To get to back be in able basketball. To get back in basketball. So I went to a couple of showcases. I went to um, a European academy in Spain. And they, a team offered me a job overseas. So I played, I played two pro seasons overseas. And the only reason why I stopped playing was because when my grandmother passed away, I made like six or seven flights in a matter of three or four months. And I was just like, I can't do 20-hour plane rides and I did it seven times in a matter of three or four months, having right. to come back, go back. And that kind of burned me out. So that was the only reason why I really stepped away from basketball. But basketball, always been my first love. So now you are retired. Mm-hmm. What do you do now? I coach. Now I went, so it's crazy because my high school coach, Coach Blankenship, mm-hmm. he's the head coach at Owasso now. Okay. So the past two seasons – I've been the DB coach at Owasso with him. Okay. So, give him back. Never thought I would. Never thought I would do it. Fell in love with it. Went back to school. I just graduated in December. Okay, from OU. From OU. Okay, congratulations. So, thank you. So it's been a it's, it's been a great ride, and glad that I opened up and allowed myself to go out there and coach and do something that I said I would never do. It turns out I love it. I um I'm blown away by your story. 
like Dominique Franks <laughs> in Tulsa area is a name that it's, you know, you say it and everybody's like, oh, yeah, we remember Dom. Like, and, and so, but I'm not from here. I'm from northeastern Ohio, so I've never really heard the story in its completion. Uh, it's amazing that you're back here. It's amazing that you're coaching. It's amazing that you just graduated. Like, that's, that's legit. Thank you. Is, is the high school field where you want to be, or do you see yourself coaching at, another, at a different level? I really like the, like the end goal would be college or okay. NFL. Okay. Okay. College the sky's NFL. the limit. College or college NFL. That was really the – I wanted to give my first year – I wanted to be all in. I didn't want any distractions. So I wanted to see how my first year went, and that was going to determine if I would go back to school and coach college. I mean, go back to school, finish college, so now I could be able to open up those doors to potentially get a college job or NFL or things like that. That's amazing. Who is your – I mean, as far as the the high school game now – I feel like as much as the college game has changed, so has that high school game. There's more attention than ever on these young people and, and the job that they're doing. Owasso, one of the premier schools here in the state of Oklahoma, along with Bigsby, which were just a couple miles away from there now. How, I mean, since you were on the high school field, how would you say it's changed the most? And when you start adding the NIL conversation into it, is that something that you're prepping your young men for now? Because Owasso's got some big-time players. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh Proctor – is now I think he might be the best safety in college football right now. That boy's up there doing it big in Ohio right. Stadium, right. you know, for the Buckeyes. So how do you, as a former NFL player, professional athlete, look at these young people today and the, maybe the trials and tribulations in front of them that we didn't have? We weren't worried about NIL. Yeah. We weren't worried about anything other than getting an opportunity. Now these kids are basically running themselves like businesses. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's really the biggest thing is, you know, you have to, you have to control what you can control. And you have to know how to use social media the right way. 100%. You know, and that really, that's the biggest thing from our era. We didn't have social media. Thank God. You know, you can. For me. You can. Thank God. You can, you can <laughs> blow up or it can kill you. Yes, you know, 100%. It's a, it's, a, it's a lot of people that get drafted or, or come into a lot of money and they bring up tweets from 2015 or 2014. So it's, it's what I try to teach my young men is. You have to understand that. You know, you, you have to treat yourself as this is my business now. So you have to be careful with everything. Right. If you have to second guess it, don't, don't do, do it. it. Because you never know who's going to go back and be able to find that. And I, and I tell the kids all the time, the Oakland Raiders, when I went through the draft process, when I went to the combine, when I, when I sat down with them, they told me that they talked to my third grade teacher. Yep. I'm 22 years old. Like, why would you go all the way back and talk to my third grade teacher? So it's trying to teach them the importance of you always got to know how to move. So, yeah, you're, you are where your feet are. That's high school, right? But what's the end goal? Right. So if you want to be in the NFL, you better start moving like an NFL person when you're 16 or 17 years old. So then when you do get a chance to get drafted or get in the NFL, now you don't have to learn how to manage money, how to treat people. you already been doing it before you actually got to that level. So now you're prepped when you get there. What are the negatives? to Like what, what did you and I get to experience on the high school field from a just a these are my brothers, I grew up with these guys, we go play on Friday nights and we're having a great time and it's fun for us. Obviously there were goals to play in a higher level for myself and some of my teammates and yourself and some of your – but 
at the end of the day, we were just kids being kids. Mm-hmm. And what you just described to me seems like maybe they're starting to they, – they, they've lost a little bit mm-hmm. of that, right? Is it, yeah. is it hard for them to just be kids today? It definitely, it definitely is. And I think the, the, the biggest thing that they've – that the kids have lost from when we played is the family feel. Because we were a family because we didn't know anybody outside of our schools. Right. So we didn't we didn't play. Now they have seven on seven where you might have teammates at. If I go to a while, so I have teammates at Jinx and Union, Union and yeah. Broken Arrow and maybe even kids from the city. So you're opening up. So now they don't really understand. Well, now when I'm with my brother, this is us every day. Absolutely. We don't like anybody that put on another jersey. Right. So if I know you, well, we're not friends when we when we step on this field. But now it's kids growing up playing with other kids from different schools, so that competitive spirit is not really there like how it was with us. Because now it's like, bro, right. I like him, and I don't, I might not want to go at him as hard as I can. Right. Versus, man, I don't know you, like, yeah, we'll play with hate in your heart. Exactly. Like I hated the opponent, and it's right. and and it's and it's just totally different. And it's even even the NIL thing. I'm not really a fan of it, but I understand it because it's like you're taken away from the innocence of the game and for the love. So now instead of falling in love with Coach B in the University of Oklahoma or Ryan Day, Ohio State, now my first question is what can you offer me? How much money can I make? Well, you know, before us, it was like, man, I get a chance to go play for Coach Stoops. Right. It wasn't a conversation where, well, how much money do you think you can give me? You know, so I think it takes away from that innocence of the college feeling. Now you're treating, you're making these kids really treat like the recruiting process, college, like it's free agency. And that's all about money. And like you said, it's not for the love of the game. It's what now I can gain from just the money aspect of or getting famous and things like that. I, I feel like, one, I, I agree with you 100% in what you said about high school football and what you're saying about the college game. I am blown away when I see uh, Baker Mayfield and Mason Rudolph take a spring break together. I'm like, are you kidding? We couldn't walk in the same – if Wes Sims – and Wes is a good buddy of mine. Like, I, I got a bunch of OU – Jason White, these are friends of mine. Back then, they would have walked in the trades, and me and my boys are sitting here. It's 100% going to be some shit. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. Definitely. And so that rage, right, that instant, you see their faces, and you feel that burn in your chest. We took that into every single Bedlam game I ever played in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just something. And just now, at 40 years old, do I got buddies that play to OU, right? I mean, it's, it's something that's in your heart. Like, you just – and so it's just a, the way that they compete in general today – just seems a little kinder and mm-hmm. gentler versus Definitely. what we did back in the Definitely day. Definitely is. And, you know, and maybe that's good because the concussion numbers are down mm-hmm. or whatever you want to say, but it definitely has changed the game in the way that I view it, no question. Uh, you know, as far as these the high school kids, though, in the, the NIL, I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar business. You in particular, even more so than I did, and I saw it at a pretty decent level because when Les got to Oklahoma State, they weren't good. And then all of a sudden, we were pretty damn good, right? right? The stadium gets renovated. Right. Rashawn Woods wins a bullet in the cough, and next thing you know, we got a brand new everything. You know what I mean? You saw it in a way that, I mean, there's this rich tradition of Oklahoma football. It's a billion-dollar business alone in Norman, right? It's a huge, huge business, and it just seems like 
the players at some point had to get involved. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people are so focused in the way that the players are doing it now that they just haven't realized that, hey, this didn't become a billion-dollar business overnight. Right. Like, just now that the players are involved, it didn't become this overnight. Right. There are coaches making money hand over fist left and right. Administrators making money hand over fist. Clothing companies making money hand over fist. There was a bunch of 76s in the stands when I was playing mm-hmm. at Oklahoma State. I'm sure your number was being rocked, too. Right. And it just seems like even though our names were on the back of those jerseys, people knew whose number they were buying. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, like, I'm, I'm here for NIL because there's a bunch of kids in Youngstown, Ohio, and a bunch of kids here in Tulsa mm-hmm. that are going to have opportunities at 18 that they would have never had. Right. And they're praying to God that they can be what they want to be in mm-hmm. college, they can get a chance at the NFL, Man. versus now you're being compensated for the man that you are at 18. Right. Because Lord knows Dom put in the work prior to getting to Oklahoma Man. and your mom and your and your aunts and my mom and my family taking me to practices and making sure mm-hmm. like there's money spent and money earned like you called me I do I get that feeling from a like I could have people get tell me all the time well you should you should be thankful for Oklahoma State they they made you who you are today and I'm like Oklahoma State gave me an opportunity there's no question mm-hmm. but I would have busted heads at any school at in the any effing school. country. Right. Like, you would have been Dominique Franks anywhere in the country. Right. Right. Like, you called me to come mm-hmm. out here and do this. So, I, I just feel like we're headed down the right direction with this. I feel like it's so new and so volatile. And in Oklahoma in particular, with everything that happened with Spencer Rattler and everything mm-hmm. that happened with Caleb Williams, this fan base is even more triggered by NIL right. than anybody else's. And I encourage people to just – Pump your brakes, relax, and let it work its way out. Because eventually it's going to be a positive because there's a bunch of kids like you and me from places where opportunities don't come Mm -hmm. often. And now they have one. And it will translate to their communities Mm -hmm. also and their families and their brothers and sisters and potentially kids. I had a dude that I played with in college, Dom, that was sleeping in his car so he can send his scholarship check home. Right? You wouldn't stay in the dorms because you stayed in the dorms, you didn't get any money. Right. But if you stayed off campus, you'd get that rent check. Mm-hmm. He'd take that rent check and send it to the house. Like, that was an Oklahoma State. That was a, yeah. foot, a college football program spending millions of dollars on training mm-hmm. these kids and feeding these kids and all those things, and he's sleeping in his car. That didn't have to happen anymore. And that's, the, and that's the biggest thing that a lot of people don't really understand. Like, that, you know, I had a teammate, you know, he was just like that, you know, and he, he had to – he had to – take toilet tissue from the the bathroom in the right. locker room there, take soap just so he can be able to give it to his wife and kids at home. And the NIL thing is I love it to where if we do it the right way. Right. I just don't like it how some people, kids in particular, that don't know anything about it. It's just like, hey, what can you offer me? Absolutely. You know, and it's Absolutely. And it's, it's people it's people out there that you play with, I play with that really needs that type of things. But it's just like, hey, what can you not just, hey, what can you offer me? Versus I really want to go to Oklahoma, but the University of Florida can offer me more money. Right. But it's like at the end of the day you have to and what I and what I try to tell the kids that are watch so like Make sure you understand that not all money is good money. Because I said you somebody might be able to offer you a lot of money, but then that might mess up the your whole future of trying to go to the NFL. Absolutely. You know, and it's it is I even th- think the the first thing I thought about was 
Uh, I want to say the kid from, and Travis might know him, the, the kid that, that was at OU, he was a number one receiver. Now Mario Williams, uh, he's a senior in high school. He, he decommitted and went to Missouri. Luther, the receiver. So it's like, it was like the kid Luther is like, now you can go to Oklahoma, might not offer you as much as Missouri. Right. But now when you go to Missouri, now think about what you're facing. You're going against Alabama, Georgia. Florida, Auburn. Now, if you're the only receiver at Missouri, now they can double team and triple team you. So right. Your number's now, gonna be right. That might mess up you really getting messing right. up you really getting the bag in the NFL versus I can go to Oklahoma. I might not be able to make as much money as I can at Missouri, but guess what? I'm gonna be able to make all of that back when it's time to go to the NFL. Right. So that'd be my biggest thing of with the NIL deals is just make sure that it, it's not going to mess up your money when it's time to go to the NFL because, right. yeah, you might make money at Missouri, but think about what you're going to make if you if you get a chance to be one of the top paid receivers or one of the first receivers off the board in the NFL draft. Well, that little money you made at Missouri ain't going to matter. Right. But now you can be greedy and I just want to go get the money now. But now I might be losing every game. I might not kill against Alabama. So now – I could go from Oklahoma first, second round draft pick to possibly going to Missouri, making a lot more money, but going fifth or sixth round or right. I'm being going undrafted. undrafted. So yeah. that that's my biggest thing when it comes to the NIL deals. I love it, but you just got to make sure right. that it's still going to be the best for your future, right? And not just right now because you would rather have that NFL money versus a couple of hundred grand or whatever you're gonna get. In college, if you don't be able to see that NFL money. Basically just saying, make sure that football is still a part of the business decision that you're getting ready to make. Exactly. Because it was a business decision for me and my dad as we sat down and talked about what the future was going to hold as far as schools were concerned. And I'm a 60-40 run guard out of northeastern Ohio. Like, there wasn't a whole bunch of me at that time. And I had triple option teams. And everybody wanted to get a piece of a guy that just wanted to run the football as Mm -hmm. much. And he told me, he was like, I get that's where your home is. We ran a stack eye. You would have loved block running behind us. Every one of my offensive linemen looked like me. We were all okay. big, 300 pounds, every one of them. That's crazy. And we had an up back, a full back, and then the tail back. Like, oh, we had one receiver, and we literally ran the ball 90% of the time. You would have, Maurice Claret was my running back as a senior. He oh, had 280 real? yards rushing like the first high school game that he played. Okay. Like, we did it big in okay. Northeastern Ohio. And he looked at me and said, do you want to go to Georgia Tech and continue to do exactly what you're doing now? Or do you want to go out to the Big 12? Oklahoma State was the only school that offered me and play against Nebraska and A&M and Oklahoma and Texas and play a more balanced Mm -hmm. scheme. And he was 100% right. It was the best decision for me to make as an offensive lineman. Mm -hmm. Kids today are making decisions about money Mm -hmm. over football. That is transfer portal, right? That is NIL. And they're so focused on that dollar sign where they're losing sight in not every place is the same. Not every level of competition is the same. Because like, for me, like my junior year, if I would have left as a junior, I was probably a second-round pick. I didn't know this because back then they didn't have to tell you. Now they tell you this stuff, right? So my senior year, I come back, and so Tommy Harris is gone. Dvorak was suspended. All these cats in this league that I had played against a year ago that got me so highly touted were gone. So I played against one good player. What happened? Well, my draft stock falls completely. It just shows you how volatile the game yeah. can be based off who your opponents are, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I wish that I could sit down with every family getting ready to make this decision and play this podcast for them and say, 
be open-minded, listen Definitely. to everything, but understand, you know, the work that y'all have done leading up to this has been on this football field. The gridiron is what's got you here, mm-hmm. or the basketball court's what's got you here. Stay true to that first, mm-hmm. and then worried about what's going to happen next, because right. it's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Because we're going to talk to Travis here in a minute on how people out there are trying to do the right thing, right. you know, per these kids and making sure they're being taken care of and, the, and, and making good business decisions. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's out to get you. Right, and it's, right? All, and it's, like, and it's like you said, like, even listening to Travis before we started, like, it's just doing your research. Absolutely. It's doing your research. Now, the kid that went to Missouri, I don't know his home life. Maybe right. he need that money now. Right now. Well, now yep. you got to go make that decision. Right. That's totally different. But if you're a kid in a situation where money is not really an issue, just be careful. Do your research with everything. Just don't jump at the highest dollar because you don't really know well, how is that going to affect me in the long run right. with my stock? So it's just like everything that we do now, but trying to teach young kids that because they just see dollar signs. It's hard for them to be 18 years old and turn down a million dollars or 500000 Could you imagine? Could you I imagine? I, I really couldn't. Right. Like I was sitting there when we, was, when we was talking to Travis and he was talking. I was just like, man, I wish I was in high school right now. No doubt, man. Because like, I would have been the one I, – I, I can say this now as being older, like, hey, do your research. But I would have been the first one. I'm taking, I'm taking all the money. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm right. going to go get all the money. At 18, I'm going to go get all the money. I'll let do your research. Who's offering the most? That would have been me. But it's just, you know, knowing what I know now and being able to try to talk to young people, like, just be careful and do your research when it comes to these NIL deals. Family? You got married kids? What's going on? Girlfriend. Girlfriend? Okay. Got a girlfriend. No kiddos yet? Two kids. Two kids? Okay. 11-year-old girl and a 5-year-old son. I think he's going to be a little basketball player. You think so? Yeah. He's nice. He's he's in the gym. I've got got two myself. I've got three stepdaughters. They're all in high school. Okay. Right now. And that's a – we could do a podcast just on what that's like. (laughs) Uh, It's an adventure. There's no question. But, man, it's good good to catch up. Good to actually it. sit down and have a conversation, and and we get to be. I, I'd love to get you back on, especially as we get closer to Anytime. the high school season. Let's yeah. talk. I mean, let's talk ball next Anytime. time. Anytime. All right, brother. I appreciate Anytime. it. Thank you, sir. Dominique Franks, man.